Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, we have some real Titans news to go over. Some roster transactions have taken place. So we have three of them that took place on Thursday, getting the Titans ready to go for next week's free agency period when there are going to be moves flying left and right. I cannot wait to break all that down with you guys, but to get ready, of course, the Titans made their moves and we need to make our last move here on the Locked On Titans podcast and well, and that is wrapping up our free agent preview series with the secondary. So first, we will talk about those three roster transactions. Then we will talk about the cornerback free agent market, which is obviously essential to the Titans with Logan Ryan looking like he will be on the move. And then to cap off the show, we will talk about the safety. So we are going to save a mail bag. There's too much to go over at this moment in time. There's too much news to fit our mailbag in this week. So I will save up all the questions for next week, for next Friday's episode, and we will have a supersized mailbag segment. But that will have to wait. There is too much to get into now. The Titans moves, the cornerbacks, and the safeties today on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. saw the Titans kick off the action by releasing veteran running back Deion Lewis. This move was expected as Deion Lewis never truly lived up to his contract value. Two off-seasons ago, after leaving the New England Patriots, Deion Lewis signed with the Tennessee Titans on a four-year deal, right around $20 million, about $5.5 million per season, which is decent money for a running back in the NFL, and was expected to be not just a compliment to Derrick Henry, but a part of a, a nice committee there, add value in not only the running game, but be a very valuable asset in the receiving game. Unfortunately, Deion Lewis did have a decent 2018 season, but not quite living up to the amount of money that he was paid, and then he fell off completely in the 2019 season after Derrick Henry really blossomed into a superstar. Lewis will leave the Titans having only had 209 carries for 726 rushing yards with one touchdown. He caught 84 passes out of his 99 targets for 564 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Now, as I mentioned, his performance dropped off drastically in 2019. He only had 54 carries for 209 rushing yards and 25 catches for 164 receiving yards in one touchdown in 2019. So like I mentioned, his production really dipped at no point in time during the season could you justify the paycheck that he was receiving. The Titans, because his deal did extend for two more seasons, they will have a dead cap hit next season of $1.5 million, but they will save the other $4 million on the salary cap that they were expected to pay to Deion Lewis. So saving $4 million going into next week's free agency is critical for the Titans with where they stand right now in their cap situation. That wasn't the only cut of the day. Also, an expected move for the Titans, they released veteran edge rusher Cam Wake. Wake looked like he was going to be a great signing 
for the Titans out of the gate in week one. He had two and a half sacks against the Browns, had the safety against Baker Mayfield, but that was basically the only production he had on the season. He finished with only those two and a half sacks from the first game, four tackles, only two tackles for loss. He did have 11 quarterback hits. He played in nine games, and when Wake was actually out there on the field, he was efficient with his opportunities, which is what he was known for throughout his career, but when you're only able to play nine games, he ended up on injured reserve by November. You can't pay someone like that around eight and a half million dollars going into the next season. So the Titans will save about five and a half million dollars by cutting Cameron Wake. So you put those two players together with both of those releases and the Titans have saved themselves about $10 million going into next week's free agency period. And that is incredibly important when you look at all of the valuable free agents that the Titans have from their own team and on the market that they could be looking at, which we have talked about quite a bit. The third and final move that we saw the Titans make was not a cut, but a signing. Chris Milton, the cornerback who is a special teams ace, was brought back on a one-year deal. Again, we don't know the exact amount at this moment in time, but Milton only played 75 snaps last year and they were on special teams. He did have three snaps on defense to go along with those, but he is primarily seen as a special teams player. He ended up with five tackles, but of course, anytime you're looking at statistics for a special teams player, things can be skewed. Milton did deal with a lot of injuries last season that kept him off the field quite a bit, but Mike Vrabel spoke very, very highly of Milton and his special teams performance when talking about the core group of special teamers that the Titans had put together last season. So Milton will be re-signed and be coming back, and he's a very valuable member to the Tennessee Titans, even if it's just as a role player in special teams. But that was the big three roster moves that the Titans made on Thursday. There may be more cuts and and more moves to make in the coming days over the weekend as the Titans continue to try to clear out as much cap space as they possibly can. And live on the podcast right now, full clearance behind the curtain for you guys. I'm recording this right now super late at night uh, because I am a night owl. It's 12.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right now as I'm recording, making sure that I can get the show out to you guys in the morning. And as I am recording the podcast, my Twitter starts to blow up. Delaney Walker replied to one of my tweets, essentially I saw his tweet earlier in the day. It was all of his statistics from his time with the Titans, basically saying like all the people that doubted him and he sees all the hate and everything like that. I don't know all the hate that he's seeing. I feel like Delaney is one of the universally loved Titans players. Now, obviously a lot of people, including me, are calling for him to make less money next year than he has been making just due to the injuries that he's dealt with and the production on the field, but... He actually replied to my tweet in response to his where it felt sort of like he might be retiring. He was reminding us of, you know, all his good times. Hard to take from a vague tweet, but, you know, kind of just thinking about what it could mean. He did reply to me with the what you talking about Willis gif. Um, I mean, I I guess that means we're kind of I'm kind of going through it live with you guys right now. Does that mean he's going to be back in Tennessee next year? A lot of my tweet was talking about how he was one of the guys who changed this culture and got us out of the dark times being with the Titans. So does that mean he's going to be back with the Titans? He's not going to be cut. 
Does that mean he might be restructuring his deal so that he can come back with the Titans? Does that mean maybe that he's just moving on from the Titans, but he wants to continue playing in the NFL? There's a lot of different avenues it could go, but just wanted to bring you guys behind the curtain for a moment, let you know how the sausage is made is something that is going on live. So breaking news. Delaney Walker is not going to retire, it seems, based on his reaction to my tweet. So just wanted to fill you guys in on that since this is the Friday show. There, there isn't a Saturday show to talk about all the fallout here. So wanted to get that in for you guys in our first segment of the show. But next, we are going to jump into the end of our free agency preview series, talk about the cornerbacks first, and cap off the show by talking about the safeties. And if there's any more breaking news or any more important things going on throughout the night as I am recording, I will bring them to you guys live. So let's jump into the final installment of our free agency preview series. Discussing how the Titans are going to attack the free agent market at cornerback, you first have to realize the inevitable, that Logan Ryan will not be coming back to Tennessee. It's unfortunate, but it just doesn't appear likely to happen at this moment in time. So when you look at some of the top tier corners, you know that if the Titans aren't bringing back Logan Ryan for the price tag that he's most likely looking at about 10 to 12, possibly you hear rumors of even $13 million for Logan Ryan, which I think is pretty pricey, even how highly I think of Logan Ryan and how I talk about Logan Ryan. But if someone's willing to pay it, it only takes one. So you look at a cornerback like Byron Jones from the Cowboys, who's expected to be the top paid cornerback on the market. Spot Track's projection for him has him at $14 million, but most of the reports are saying he's looking at getting $18 million from someone like the Giants or the Eagles or the Dolphins. One of those teams with a ton of cap room could look to splurge for Byron Jones. He's only 27. He was an excellent free safety for the Cowboys. He's been an excellent boundary cornerback as well. So it makes sense when you're 27 years old, you're one of the best cornerbacks in the league and you're a free agent, you are going to get paid. So I would not be surprised to see him get close to that $18 million mark. Another cornerback you look at is James Bradbury from the Panthers. Again, he's only 27 years old, and while he's not quite the class that Byron Jones is, he still has the ability to be a number one cornerback for a team that runs primarily zone. He's more of one of those zone boundary corners in the mold of a Richard Sherman, what he got famous doing playing, you know, the boundary in a cover three, cover four, cover one man defense. So Bradbury can do all of that for you as well. A veteran who's still one of the best in the league at his role, Chris Harris from the Broncos. He's 31 years old, or he'll be 31 in June, but he's still one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and the Titans obviously need slot corner. Somebody like Harris, though, according to SpotTrack, is looking at about $11 million, so him and Logan Ryan should be about tied to the hip. Harris is a little bit better of a player, so watching what he gets will affect what Logan Ryan will get on the market, but that is an option maybe if the Titans carve out a little bit more room and want to upgrade for that money. Maybe that's something that they look at. Darquez Denard, cornerback from the Bengals. He's 28 years old. Again, another option in the slot. He was fantastic in the slot for the Bengals, even though they had a terrible season. He has had some injuries, so there is some risk there. He's only really played one full season, but 
Denard, like I said, is great in the slot, and that's what the Titans will be looking to fill. And then we have a cornerback like Bradley Roby from the Texans. He's 28 years old now. Roby's been up and down to say the least, he played pretty well in 2015, didn't play as good in 2016, played really well in 2017, and then was bad again in 2018. In 2019, he was pretty solid, so if you go by that logic, he'll probably be bad this year, but Roby excels, well, excels. His best trait is in man coverage. The Texans played a ton of man. They move their cornerbacks around to be able to play man coverage. That's what they're looking for, and the Titans do play a lot of man coverage as well. They love good man corners in Tennessee. There's the Houston connection. He was obviously playing under new Titans defensive back coach, Anthony Midget. So maybe that will have them bring in Roby, but Roby is Roby is mostly a boundary corner, not really a slot guy, and the Titans have Malcolm Butler and a Dory Jackson, so unless they plan to cut Malcolm Butler or they just want to get a more talented option in there that can help out and add depth, then maybe Roby would be someone that they would look at. Jimmy Smith, who played for the Ravens, he's really talented, but he's 32. He's had tons of injuries. He hasn't played a full season since about 2015, so you add in age, injury, and history there, and Jimmy Smith will probably be on a one-year deal, but like I said, if he's playing, he's got incredible talent, but he's more of a boundary cornerback as well. Now, a great option for the Titans, who probably will get a decent payday as well, is Kendall Fuller from the Chiefs. He's only 25 years old. Now, he's had tons of injuries, but when he plays, he's one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. So if you take a chance on somebody like Kendall Fuller, who you might get at a cheaper rate than Logan Ryan, he can fill that slot cornerback need and at 25 could still get better than he already is. Brian Poole from the Jets, again, another slot option here. He's 27 years old. He was probably the best cornerback on the Jets last year. Now, that's not the greatest compliment in the world because the Jets weren't fantastic, especially in pass coverage last year, but Poole was pretty good at covering the slot, and once again, the Titans need a slot corner. Ronald Darby from the Eagles, he's only 26. He's had times during his career where he has been fantastic, but he was not fantastic last year. He was absolutely terrible, and that'll probably have a decent amount of stink on him. Four teams this year. Probably looking at a one-year deal. He might be a, a guy you could get on a pretty good value. And if he turns it back up and plays how he's shown in his career, then you could get a really good value out of Darby being only 26 years old. Prince of Mukamara from the Bears. It's insane to think that he hasn't played a full season since 2013 because it's insane to think that he's been in the league that long. And Prince of Mukamara, I just remember like it was yesterday being drafted in the first round. But he does turn 31 this offseason, and he didn't play his absolute best last year, even if he has been quite a talented guy for most of his career. He's had injuries. Like I said, he's 31 years old, so he will probably be in the same range as Jimmy Smith when it comes to how their contracts are negotiated. He'll be looking at probably one-year deals going forward for the rest of his career. Two cornerbacks from the Minnesota Vikings, one that I like much more than the other. You look at someone like Mackenzie Alexander. He is, again, a slot cornerback, only 26 years old, a highly drafted guy coming out of Minnesota that has great coaching for their defensive backs. Mike Zimmer was one of the best defensive back coaches in the league, and you see that play out with his teams that he is the head coach of there in Minnesota. Mackenzie Alexander is 
projected to get about $8.5 million on the market. That might be where the Titans are looking to spend to fill that need if if they think they can't do that in the draft or they don't want to rely on that. That second Vikings cornerback is Trey Waynes. Waynes should get a decent payday because he's still 28. He was a highly drafted guy as well. He's been pretty good, but but not fantastic. He hasn't really lived up to the first round value that he was taken with. So someone may see him as a, as a project with all the talent that he showed and think that they could turn him, finally turn him into a reliable starter. Then you, you get to some other other names like Mike Hilton from the Steelers, who's a slot cornerback, Ross Cockrell from the Panthers, who also can play some slot but dealt with injuries, a guy like Tremaine Johnson from the Jets, who signed like a five-year, $72 million deal with the Jets just a few off-seasons ago, but they dislike him so much that they cut him, even though he's going to be $12 million on his cap. I'm sorry, but guys like that, just not the type of player that the Titans are going to bring in. The last player that I want to mention here is one that will be a good value for the Titans, probably a better value than even someone like Mackenzie Alexander, and there's some history to go with. That is slot cornerback Kevin Johnson from the Buffalo Bills. He's only 28 years old. If you remember, he spent his rookie contract in Houston. That means he has experience with Rabel. He has experience with defensive back coach Anthony Midget, he, like I said, plays in the slot. Now, he's missed a little bit of tackles. He's not the most physical guy in the slot, but I think playing in Tennessee and being accountable to the teammates around him who do take run defense very, very seriously in the secondary and take tackling very serious, I think that that's something that he could be held accountable for and eventually improve. So there's a lot of connections there, and his price tag will probably be in the 5 to $6 million range. So that might be a, a good value for the Titans, good history there, and that's a slot cornerback so that the Titans don't have to go into the draft feeling so much pressure to get somebody to fill that role, even though they need to go after Jeff Gladney to fill that role from TC you, but I've said that quite a bit, and that's a totally different episode. But that is going to wrap up our free agency preview on cornerbacks. We are going to come back in our last segment talking about the safeties. And full disclaimer, not a position I expect the Titans to do anything with in free agency. I will continue to elaborate on what I was saying at the end of last segment, and that's that I do not expect the Titans to really spend any money whatsoever on safeties or even dip their toe into the safety market at any range of salary, and that's because of how strong the Titans safety group is. All pro Kevin Byard. What else do I need to say? The mayor of Murfreesboro, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, if not the best. He's locked up for quite some time with the Titans, not going anywhere. His battery mate, Kenny Vaccaro, just signed to an extension last offseason. His versatility in the defense, being able to play two deep safety, being able to come up as a run defender and, and be a pseudo linebacker in run defense, but also blitz off the slot, blitz up the middle. Kenny Vaccaro played linebacker in the Titans diamond set this year. Speaking of that diamond formation, Amani Hooker, rookie safety for the Titans, played a ton of snaps 
for his first year as a back safety. He would roll up and play robber coverage. He would blitz at different times. So Amani Hooker is a fantastic third safety for this team. And then two key special teams players at safety, Joshua Kalu and Dane Crookshank. So that's five safeties right there, and the Titans may look for camp bodies or things like that, but there's not much else that you need at the safety position, and with how tight the Titans' pockets are going to be this offseason, there's just no way that they go out and spend a bunch of money on a safety. But as I mentioned when we talked about interior defensive linemen and off-ball linebackers, we still need to know who is on the market just in case these players go to the Titans' direct competition. These are great players in the NFL, and they could have an impact on the Titans in one way or another. So the top safety on the market is Justin Simmons, safety from the Broncos. He's only 26 years old, but the Broncos have essentially come out and said, hey, we're going to franchise tag Simmons no matter what, so I wouldn't expect him to hit the market. Anthony Harris, safety from the Vikings. He's only 28 years old. He blossomed here in the last couple of years. He should be able to perform pretty well for the next few years, and we'll get a very good deal. Like I said, defensive backs out of Minnesota are coached well, so other teams will take a chance on them and think that they can continue to get that type of production from a player who's been coached well coming out of college. Jimmy Ward for the 49ers. He's 29 years old. He had a hand injury last year, but was very good once he got back into the lineup. He can do it in coverage. He can do it in the run game, so he'll get a very sizable deal. A veteran like Devin McCourty, Titans fans know about McCourty's, so Devin McCourty He's 33 years old now, and a lot of people are saying that if the Patriots don't give his brother, as we know, Jason McCourty, a decent deal, that he will walk because he wants to play with his brother still. So he could retire as well. He's older, but my um, guesses on players retiring, cough, cough, Delaney Walker, seem to be off. So I won't go down that path. Haha, Clinton Dix from the Bears. Remember, he played pretty well with the Packers, but the Packers decided to let him walk, and the Bears signed him to a one-year deal, kind of let him prove it, and he played very well, so I would imagine that HaHa Clinton Dix would get a pretty good deal going forward into the offseason. Adrian Phillips from the Chargers is 28, really is better in run defense than he is in pass coverage. He's had some injuries as well, but like I said, he's only 28, and he seems to be healthy going into this offseason, so he'll get a sizable contract. Rodney McLeod, safety from the Eagles, he's 30 years old. He did tear his ACL and MCL in 2018, and a lot of times, as we saw with Jack Conklin, it takes two years to rebound from an injury like that, so he didn't play great last year for the Eagles, but a team could be thinking with that philosophy and give him a pretty good contract to, to make sure that they have a guy who could all of a sudden turn back into the player that he was. Demarius Randall, from the Browns, 28 years old, just well-rounded. I mean, he plays well in the run game, plays well in the pass game. He's not an elite safety by any means, kind of middle of the road, and he has had some issues in the past with coaching staffs. Green Bay wanted him out of their locker room. He missed a game last year because it was just a coach's decision, so not the type of guy that 
that you typically would associate with the Titans in the Titans locker room. Clayton Gathers from the Colts, 28 years old. He is more of a strong safety than anything good in the run game, but he doesn't do well in coverage. Trey Boston from the Panthers, more of a free safety. Terrible when it comes to run support, but he does a good job in pass coverage, which he is a free safety, so I guess that does make sense. Tony Jefferson from the Ravens, a guy who I expect to get a pretty decent deal. He had a bad knee injury last year, but he's been one of the better safeties in the league since he came in, and at only 28 years old, guys like that still in the prime of their athletic career. Usually, teams will take a chance on them. Recently cut safety from the Dolphins, Rashad Jones, only 32 years old. His ability in pass coverage has fallen off as his age has gotten higher, and clearly you decline when things like that happen, but he may still be able to serve as a sub-package linebacker or a strong safety for a team who wants a box safety so they can keep him near the line of scrimmage. Tavon Wilson for the Lions, Von Bell for the Saints, Justin Burris from the Browns, Jeff Heath from the Cowboys are all low-end, well, I feel bad saying low-end, but they're going to be some of the cheaper safeties available on the market. Like I mentioned, I don't expect the Titans to go down that path whatsoever with the five safeties that they have, but important to keep our eye on that market and make sure that we are well-informed about all of the players moving around in the NFL. So that is going to wrap up our free agency preview series, guys. We made it through every single position group from the offense and the defense to get you guys ready to go. To cap off the show, though, I did want to give one update as it relates to the ongoing global issue of the coronavirus, COVID-19, however you guys want to categorize it. As I said yesterday, I'll give the same disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. This doesn't really have anything to do with prevention or anything like that. It's just Titans-related news, and I wanted to not talk about this for most of today's show just because I know you guys are, some of you are probably like me and uh, need any kind of escape that, that you can have right now. So I wanted to be that for you guys, but... This is Titans relevant news, and on Thursday it was announced that the Titans are pulling all of their scouts and all of their coaches off the road through next week, and that basically means that coaches and scouts won't be going to pro days. That also will affect free agent meetings. There are supposed to be a ton of meetings between free agents and agents and team offices and things like that throughout the week of free agency and going forward next week and for the foreseeable future, basically you you don't really expect those to take place either. Now, I don't expect this to prevent free agency from taking place at this moment in time. The NFL is saying that, you know, the the league calendar is going to continue as it's expected to. Free agency is going to open on Monday. The tag deadline is going to stay where it's at because a lot of this stuff can be done behind closed doors or closed doors or on conference calls and, and things like that. There's no need for people and big groups of people to get together to to sign a deal or negotiate a deal or discuss a potential dealer discuss a, a potential uh, prospect in the draft. Most prospects went through the combine. You have their numbers there, and at the minimum, uh, you have the tape. And the tape should always be the be-all, end-all. It's all a puzzle that you're putting together and you want every piece of information. But as long as scouts and coaches have the tape, the game film, then they can make educated decisions on who to draft. Now, 
the NFL, last time I recorded with you guys, the NFL said that there was going to be no change to the, you know, the owners' meetings at the beginning of April, end of March. There would be no change to the draft, and that's cooled over the past 24 hours. The owners have canceled that league meeting, and conversations around the draft being done via conference call are being had as well. So I'll just try to monitor this for you guys. I'm sure all of you are are monitoring it just as much, but it's not something that I want to talk about a lot on the podcast. As I said, uh, I want this to be an escape from things like that is that's what I look for in my podcast. So hopefully I can be that for you guys here and have some semblance of normalcy for our, you know, 20 to 30 minutes every day. But I did want to at least let you guys know how this impacted the Titans directly in their scouting and coaching staff. But that is going to take us into the weekend. Next time I talk to you guys, there is going to be a lot of news to break down. We'll know about tags. We'll definitely Sunday night start hearing about some free agent deals that are expected to happen because this legal tampering period starts on the 16th, but we were already getting reports out of the combine of teams negotiating deals with certain free agents. So you know how that goes. All is fair and love and war and free agency. Isn't that the same? No, maybe. All right. Either way, guys, that is going to wrap up today's show. Go check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Since you are done with today's Locked On Titans podcast, it is a good show as well to help you get through these tough times. But I'm going to be back with you guys on Monday morning. A lot of Titans news and NFL news to look forward to over the weekend. The NFL will never let us down. Thankfully, they are there during this dead time of sports for us when we need them the most. So I will be back with you then. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.